2: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: Inside Access with Jason LaConfora, Ken Wyman, and Tim Barbalace. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online.
4: 1057 The Fan. Jackson out of the gun, makes the handoff, drops back to pass, looking to throw, comes to his
5: right now, he runs up the middle, along the near hash block, to the 35, now the 40, cuts to his right, across the 45, Jackson from the gun, looks to his right now, runs right up the middle, gets to the 10, cuts
1: to the 5, into the end zone, touchdown Ravens! Gus Edwards with the block that freed him up, and the Ravens take the lead on a 15-yard
0: touchdown run by Lamar Jackson.
3: Jackson keeps,
4: Stanley in front of him,
5: touchdown, Lamar! I don't even got to hear it, I see it, you know, but it is what it is, I really don't care about what people say, you know, I'm, I'm trying to win um, day in, day out, every time I'm on that field, I'm trying to play to the best of my ability, those guys just had, you know, had our team member in the past, but it's a different team, like I've been saying, and we just got to stay locked in on what's ahead of us.
3: You heard the highlights, courtesy of ESPN, Joe Buck on the call, and then Lamar Jackson after the game. He was asked if he hears the noise. He goes, of course you hear it. I'm just trying to win. And Lamar Jackson, we we didn't know exactly what it would look like, but we thought he'd have his first signature playoff game. And four touchdowns, no turnovers, a a dominating uh, run game. I think we got our first signature Lamar Jackson playoff game.
0: Absolutely, positively. Um, We we thought that Lamar would dominate this game, um, and he's such a unique force of nature, such a unique quarterback, that him dominating a game can come in a lot of different shapes, sizes, varieties. That box score could look a lot of different ways with Lamar taking it over. Um, We heard through the broadcast that obviously John Harbaugh was gushing about him in production meetings because there was a – an interlude with the sideline reporter at a, at halftime, and I think it was—I can't remember if it was Melissa Stark or the or. Kaylee yeah, I think Hartung. it was Lisa. Was it Kayla? But Lisa Salter's there. Was I don't she? even know. Whatever. Regardless, you know, she was like, "Hey, you know, you said Lamar was going to have a monster game. What would you think of the first half?" And he basically was like, "Stay tuned." And Lamar did dominate the second half. L- Lamar, the offense was Lamar. Lamar was the offense. Everything ran off of that. And the Ravens have had their share of postseason success to the point where a lot of fan bases w- would be begging and clawing to have the kind of postseasons the Ravens have had. And there's been a lot of significant victories around here. And I'm not going to say that this was the you know, a top three win for this franchise in the postseason or anything like that. But for Lamar Jackson to do it in that fashion, to account for four touchdowns, to become the first player in the history of the game to throw for two, run for two, have a quarterback rating over 100 and run for over 100 yards. Again, he can do it in a lot of different ways. That's what this game, I think, will be remembered for most, that it was a Lamar Jackson tour de force performance that sent the Ravens to their first AFC championship game as a host and this city's first AFC Championship game as a host since 1971. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the
2: signature performance. And look, it was a little uneven in the first half. The blitz was really getting after Lamar Jackson. And then at halftime, Todd Munkin, the adjustments there, and you saw it immediately on the first drive following that kickoff. The catch throw to Aguilar, to Likely, Rashad Bateman, who had a very solid game as well. He faced a career high 75% blitz rate. He was 13 of 18 passing against the Blitz for 120 yards, two touchdowns. And he got rid of the ball quick. It was three and a half seconds to two and a quarter seconds. Those stats,
0: courtesy of uh, next gen stats for the NFL. True media had him even more disparate. The, the, they had a two two 2.48 in the second half and 3.92 in the first half, which is an eternity.
2: Either way, I mean, it was the massive adjustment there by Todd Monkett, and that's when Lamar Jackson really took over. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown,
3: and it's over. Well, the other thing, and being being uh, at the post game, one of the things that came out was there there seemed to be a really heated conversation at halftime. The offense was not good in the second quarter, and that last, last time they had the ball, I think Lamar got sacked on back to back plays. Yep. And they got into it at halftime, and all the players were talking about it afterwards as well. But here's Lamar Jackson uh, talking about what was said at halftime. It'd
5: be inappropriate if I say it right here. <laughs> It would. But yeah, we wasn't we wasn't really doing anything, you know, to, to that defense. They was playing great. Um and that that offense was playing great as well. But we wasn't doing our job with our unit in second half. We went to punt points on the board, start moving the ball, moving the chains, and start looking like ourselves.
3: And Lamar also pointed out somebody asked who was doing the talking. He said me. Yeah. Like and, and Lamar's not a guy. The players were talking about this. Like he doesn't he's not a rah-rah talk guy. But at halftime it seems like he was doing a lot of talking and everybody was listening.
0: And look, we've talked a lot of, especially summers, off-seasons, those those lo- nine-month doldrums between when a season ends, generally abruptly, and not how you'd like it to end, until you play another meaningful game, like how people are going to grow, how they're going to evolve. You know, M- Lamar uh, becoming more mature um, as a human being, right, and as a quarterback, and as a leader, and when you sign the kind of second contract he signed, there's even more things incumbent upon you to um, lean into situations that a year, two, three years ago, he might have let a Mark Ingram handle or a Mark Andrews handle or you know whatever the composition of the team may have been. like guys are looking to you like you're you are in every way, shape or form in the franchise. We're going to go as you go and clearly his fiery energy. And a lot of his, let's face it, Todd Munkin can make all the adjustments he wants. Lamar had to get rid of the ball faster. Lamar had to lean into his his hots. Lamar, no, you, this is not the day to try to throw eight yards. In. Even eight yards in an attempt is too much. This is more like three or four. Let them do it with the yak. He had to be the embodiment of those changes. And he was. And oh, yeah, when he decides he wants to run, good luck. Good, I, good luck with that.
2: I always go back to that. Quote from Marlon Humphrey month, month and a half ago, and he just echoed everything saying ever since he signed this contract, he's seen a different Lamar Jackson. First guy in, last guy out, extra workouts, calling out players. Marlon said that he called out uh, uh, Marlon after a bad game. The defense was dominant in that first half, and Lamar was saying after the game... It, offense has to come to the party. I mean, offense has to show up because the defense is holding up their end of the bargain and they did that and then some in the second half.
3: Another thing is that, that comes out of this and we've been talking about this all year. But when you've got stud coordinators and they got them on both sides. Yep. And like we've talked how many times Jason, did we talk about Greg Roman not making adjustments? well it seemed to happen a lot like they just keep going to the well to the well to the well well they were a thing
0: they yeah. had they were they were a system they they were a series of ideas about offensive football ground driven that they were never really going to deviate from certainly in that period of time greg roman who had to be sitting home watching this wondering Should I have empowered this young man earlier than I did? Like, were there things I could have done to make this less robotic and more letting him see the game through his eyes, not just in the mesh point, whether to keep it or hand it off, but in what we're actually getting ourselves in and out of? If I had done that, might I have saved my job? But there's also a lot of people out there who would say, you hired Greg Roman for a certain style of play. You ride that as long as you can. And then you ultimately end up moving off of it. And generally, when you move off of it, you go in a very different direction. Todd Munkin has been in a very different direction.
3: We have a huge Victory Monday show, and man, we're loaded guest-wise. 3.30, Ravens Ring of Honor member. He was at the game on Saturday. Jamal Lewis joins the show. 4 o'clock, Jonas Schaefer covers the Ravens for the Baltimore Banner. We'll get his thoughts on what he saw. Mark Viviano was there as well. Sports director WJZ Channel 13, talk Ravens with him. Cordell Woodland was sitting right next to me. We'll get his thoughts on, on the game on Saturday and This man won his first playoff game of his career
0: on Saturday. uh, Excuse me, guard
3: Kevin Zeitler joins the show at
0: 5.30. Yeah, look, huge show. Um, This is all football, all Festivus, all Ravens. We don't get these opportunities very often. And again, I'm about to turn 50, and what's going to happen on Sunday hasn't happened since I was negative three years old. So it's time to celebrate that. It's time to celebrate what they did on Sunday. And yes, it's already... start you know it's already time to start peering a little bit towards next weekend which is a meeting with one of the more historically significant quarterback and head coaching combinations of our lifetimes yeah it was the january of the year i was born
3: the last time there was a a a championship game here in baltimore That that would be january of 1971 coming up next it wasn't just the offense in the second half; it was the defense the whole game. Mike McDonald in his bag. We discuss next here on the Fan. The
1: purple and black playoff push.
0: Jackson's going to get it
1: all the way. Touchdown, Baltimore!
0: One oh five seven of the Fan.
3: Baltimore, true to character, has just not given up any of those. Here's pressure by molette Stroud on third down has to throw
5: it away. We're not the Browns, we're the Baltimore Ravens at the end of the day, so whoever they play before us really don't matter. I put this front, this 11, whoever's out on the field with us versus anyone in the league, anyone in the world at that, so we're the best, best front 11, best 11 in the game regardless, front seven as well, so I like us versus anyone any given day and twice on game day.
3: Roquan Smith, uh him and that defense and give credit to Mike McDonald. You know, we talked all last week about and, and there was a I was watching one of the I don't can't remember if it was NFL Network or ESPN, but they were talking about how this Ravens defense depends on turnovers and they get after the quarter and they get sacks. The Ravens defense had no sacks and no turnovers, yet held the Texans to three points off on offense. It was a masterful
0: performance yesterday or Saturday, excuse me. Yeah, I mean kept them out of the red zone. Um they didn't never snap at really, the 25. There was one drive in a 2-minute drill at the end of the half and that was it. He hit Collins a few times. That was it. Um there were a few times where Schultz was open. He, you know, he had a couple early drops like I, it was go- going to be a big ask for that Texans offensive unit and and how young and inexperienced a lot of those guys were. Including their offensive coordinator, who who didn't seem to have a whole lot Bobby of adjustments, Sloan, yeah. didn't seem to have a whole lot of other ideas, and tried to get a little too cute at times. That double, Absolutely. yeah. And
3: Kyle Hamilton read that if that ball's not tipped, yeah. he probably should have tipped, his, uh, picked it off anyway. But
0: yeah, they 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 had seen that. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't fooling anybody. Um, that was as dominant of a playoff postseason performance as you can hope for, especially again. As Gigi points out, when when they didn't, um, they didn't have the explosive negative plays, but they also never really allowed Stroud to feel comfortable. Um, they pressured him with abandon. They had an incredible, I thought, mix of of when to blitz and when not to, and he certainly ramped up his blitz rates. Did did McDonald? I mean, he. he He blitzed over 37% of the time, which is a lot for him. Um, 22% is his average. They blitzed Stroud only 25% in the first game. When they did blitz him, he was 3 of 10 for 32 yards. You do the math, 3.2 yards per attempt. Um, They got pressure on almost 50% of his dropbacks. And the thing that I thought was like almost breathtaking was how Matabike kept getting pressures right up the middle. And then this kid's just rolling to his right side, cutting off half the field, right? I mean, like, and then throwing balls into the stands with reckless abandon. Well, I should say with reckless abandon. He's protecting the football. But, like, they blew up anything Slowik wanted to have going on with a ton of inside pressure. And Justin Matabike absolutely. Wreck that game. And I'm can't mm-hmm. wait to see what he does against Creed Humphrey. A major jump up um for him in uh in terms of his his assignment this weekend coming up. But I, I mean look, the slot blitz with Arthur Millette, he batted a thousand with that. Yep. Three for three. Three blitzes, three pressures, an intentional grounding and two balls thrown into the stands. Have you ever seen a game?
3: I could, they may be, but I couldn't think of one where you get no sacks, but you bother the quarterback as much as they did.
2: He was
0: pressured over 49% yeah. of the time. He dropped back quite a bit because yeah. they couldn't run the ball, no, and they were zero. behind.
2: Yeah. There was 27 pressures, and 12 different guys generated a pressure, which is insane to even say. And something that I haven't mentioned yet, even though we know that rushing attack is not that good, it was existent I mean, Devin Singletary broke off that one 16-yard run that was it. They averaged under three yards per carry as a team, uh, three yards per play in the second half. It, it was ridiculous. I mean, CJ Stroud had no shot there, and this was another game, guys, where no Marlon Humphrey. I don't know. No how problem. He, I don't know how you can take Ronald Darby off. the No, field he was great. Right he was great. I, Saturday. I really don't know. Even if Marlon comes back this week. I think that's where you put him in slot. You put him in slot. Absolutely, you can't take Ronald Darby now. But now you're taking
0: Millett off the field. Yeah, that's
3: a good point. I, Millett's more of a. You can use him as kind of a chess piece. I like. I kind of like Marlon in, in coverage, but you bring Millett in at times. Yeah. You know, but yeah, they, they, that's a nice problem to have. Assuming Marlon's ready, I was talking yeah. to some people after the game. Oh, he'll be ready. Yeah, uh, they, they're, the confidence is higher on
0: Andrews than than Marlin. I, 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 but I think they're both going to play. Wager?
3: No, I think they're both going to play.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think he'll be up now. How much he plays and how they handle that very thing we're talking about, you know, we'll we'll see through the week. Um, but yeah, True Media gave them an eighty-two percent success rate stopping the run, which that's that's like in the world of analytics like that's ridiculous and and you know uh, uh, like 64% is like good you know what i mean like above league average the ravens have struggled defending the run like there was no daylight there like the the only time they held a team to lower yards per carry was the seattle game um they Thank- absolutely suffocated them and i thought McDe- mcdonald again super smart about Bleeding in enough of Broderick Washington, but not too much, right? Getting Malik in there on some early downs when you really think there's cues that they're going to run, you know, attacking it, and then switching your personnel out quickly. Um, how about Travis comp- Jones played a lot yes, of football. He did. And he played well. Travis Jones played almost 60% of the snaps. It was mostly him and Matt Abike, yeah. And that young man acquitted himself incredibly well. And when to go with the slot blitz, like... McDonald, it's it's master class, and that was that ride, right? And we'll see if he gets Shanahan again in two weeks or whatever. But like that ride against that personnel family tree, he wiped those dudes out. By the way, a couple of times early, they had third and shorts,
3: and they had no shot. Like like that that defense like one of the times I think Roquan tackled the guy for a loss a Singletary for a loss there was nowhere to run the football on that in that the, game center. guys
2: it was the first play I mean they set the tone on the first play just stuffing it for no game Singletary had the sixteen yard run other than that he had eight carries for six yards eight carries for six yards and and that bodes really well look it's going to be completely different animal with the Chiefs and Pacheco coming to town but. That's at least a good sign heading into this week.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, Mike McDonald has done. I don't, I don't. I mean, it's been a long time, I, I think, since we've. Because, like, Wink did it a certain way. You know what I mean? Like, Wink was going to live or die blitzing the hell out of you this is very different it's very it's much more nuanced it's much more layered like more individual players have produced at a higher level you think of how many guys have exceeded expectation van Noy was a thing again yeah. like this is just to me a, a on a different level it, it's it's more de, like it, it's it's more multiple in its deceit you know wink Okay, we got to figure out where the pressure's coming, but you know the pressure's pretty much always coming. There's going to be five. Is it going to be six? Is it going to be seven? Is it going to be eight? Um, there's just so much more going on here. And I went back and watched all of Kyle Hamilton's reps in this game and coverage, and it, it it was all three levels. I mean, he had he's playing press man in the slot. He's a he's playing outside linebacker. He's playing. A deep half in a two, you know, in a cover two on second long, third and long, and he's playing halvesies and he's patrolling that like he spread it out everywhere. By the way, when our team's going to stop throwing
3: bubble screens to his side because yeah. he just blows it up every time. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's just like that. It's long levers. Yeah. He covers a lot of ground quickly just with his legs and his arms. It is a victory Monday here
3: on The Fan. And uh, coming up next, you know what we do after games. We have two six-packs. Later in the show, we will do our six-pack of defensive observations. But coming up next, the six-pack of the offensive observations. And we give them to you next here on The Fan.
0: It's Jason and Ken's. Six pack. Presented by Weathermaster Windows,
3: Get
2: top-rated windows with a lifetime guarantee for under $215. Visit WMWindow.com and get an estimate in 60 minutes or less.
1: Inside access to what the boys are drinking. <laughs> I mean, thinking
4: 1057
3: Fair. Ravens defeat the Texans 34-10. Time for our 6 pack of offensive observations. And Ryan, let's get started. Number six. Wasn't a lot passing-wise that that really stood out, but the touchdown pass to Isaiah Likely was just one of those kind of Lamar Jackson Mm -hmm. thing of beauty plays. And it also, it reminded me, he tried to hit Isaiah Likely in the first half, the play before the touchdown run. He tried to fit it in between three guys, and I don't know if you guys, it it must have been apparent on the TV, but I'm being there, I didn't catch it. So Likely kind of motioned to him to throw it high, and Lamar yep. hit his helmet like, I got you. Second half, he threw it high, back shoulder.
0: It was a touchdown. It was a beautiful play. It was awesome. You could tell there's some improvisation and some – some uh, right, they workshopped it out. Didn't work. Previous time, too low, whatever. A lot of communication there. Good stuff. Um, my six, and I think this had partly to do with why the offense got going and why they started picking the blitz up better. They stop, stop the tackle rotation. Like, stop it. Falele ain't up for this, and Patrick McCarry was getting whipped. Like, if, ride or die with these guys. And if one of them is getting their, their ass kicked, then go to the other one.
1: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
0: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. And stick with it. But, like, I just thought it was a little too cute. They were already having difficulty not being used to being blitzed that much. And now you got guys running in and out at tackle. Um, I think they needed to simplify things. They needed to uh, kind of figure out that, you know, we're going to hit our hots. We're going to be smart. Lamar's going to get rid of the ball quickly. And I'm I'm done with it. Like, come on. Seasons on the line. You're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. You don't no. have four tackles. Yeah. You don't have four starting quality tackles. I got news for you. No NFL team does. No. Stop it. Number five. My five is kind of like uh, Gigi's four, and it, it, it's or six. Ah. Or yeah, or six would be more to the point. I don't know what <laughs> your four is, but my four will be Could better be. than yours. Yeah. Uh They didn't take any deep shots whatsoever, and I I was kind of shocked because even if they're lined up in cover two, you've shown the ability to sell play action and take deep shots, frankly, on better secondaries than that. Only one attempt all day long that traveled over 20 yards in the air. That went exactly 21 yards to Bateman. Um, You know, only three completions of 15 yards or more. Only one attempt the entire afternoon from under center. I'm you know, I'm I'm quite surprised about that. I thought they would find a lot of joy running and throwing from under center, including what we talked about with Bobby DePaul on Friday, Ultimate Football Guy. Two man routes, max protect, get under center, sell play action, bait those linebackers, double move. I thought they'd at least try it. Never even tried it. My five sort of
3: plays to your six a little bit, and they get when you, what you you said about getting being done with the rotation. That O line bullied that Texans steel line in the second half, and you look at what they did. Now the first touchdown drive was quick; it was two fifty six, but then the second one seven minutes, the third one seven minutes. Like they they basically took away the Texans' will to live in the second half of that football game. Number
1: four.
3: Uh, Four for me is about Justice Hill, and and I think he might be one of the more unsung players on this football team. He's never going to be flashy, but man, oh, man, he does so much for them, whether it's pass blocking, had 66 yards rushing, caught a couple passes. I I just think we we mention him, but I felt he deserved his own number here because of what he did in that game Saturday.
0: He was left on the cutting room floor. I kept doing different derivations of this where he got his own uh, category I ended up slotting him into my number three. My number four was that sideline stayed calm. We've seen a lot of Ravens sidelines over the years where it starts slow offensively, especially when a lot's on the line, and you got dudes throwing helmets, you got dudes poking fingers, you got dudes yelling. I can I can remember once remember once when Flacco went to walk over near Lamar and looked like there was a million miles between them and like people not looking each other in the eye. No one's frustration boiled over until they got in the locker room where it boiled over in a positive manner, right? No panic, no frustration, no freakouts on the sideline. That looked like a team that knew it belonged here, that knew it had corrections to be made, and then they collectively did it. But I just, got the sense that this was different just watching their body language as things unraveled in the first half thinking, all right, they're going to be fine. Nobody's freaking out.
2: I like Ken putting Justice Hill in there, and I think he's really flown under the radar. You look at the last two games that mattered. He was really big in that Dolphins game, Mm -hmm. and then he topped it over the weekend with a career-high 66 yards. And when Keaton Mitchell went down, and he's not Keaton Mitchell, no one really has that type of explosiveness that Mitchell does, but Hill at least has some wiggle to him. We know his ability in pass pro, but... he's he's really stepped
3: up over these last few games. We're doing our six-pack of offensive observations, and Ryan, let's continue.
2: Number three.
0: Look, they got back to basics and and road-graded the Houston Texans in the second half. They simplified the O-line as I talked about. Um, They had two drives, scoring drives of seven uh, minutes or more. Guys, they held the ball for 20 minutes and 17 seconds in the second half. Like, Justice Hill had 42 yards rushing in the second half. Like, most of his career, Justice Hill don't get 42 yards rushing in the game. They had over 2.3 yards before contact per rush in the second half. They had 5.4 yards per carry, 134 yards in the second half. Eight rushing first downs in the second half alone. Uh, They were the more physical team. Pat Ricard did his thing. And, yes, Justice Hill... I mean, his value is incredibly high right now. And I think you're going to see him on the football field a Mm -hmm. whole lot against the Kansas City Chiefs the more I dig into their run defense and where they're vulnerable. My three is uh, that whatever
3: was said at that halftime meeting between Lamar and Todd Munkin, and man, would I have loved to have be been a fly on the wall during that meeting, but whatever was said worked. And I felt Todd Munkin, as Jason put it, got back to basics. But he, uh, I'll be more specific about this in two, but I felt he got a little in his bag as well in the second half.
1: Number two
3: Love the Naked Bootlegs. The one on fourth and one or two, and then the one for the touchdown where Lamar goes Bo Jackson and runs in the tunnel. Haven't seen a whole lot of the naked bootlegs, but man, those were great calls and the timing
0: of them were absolutely brilliant both times. Uh my two was Lamar Jackson um, became his own best advocate in the second half. You, no one can make him throw the ball more quickly. He's got to. He's got to decide that you know what. This ain't the day that I'm going to be pushing it down the field. And to go from 7.7 yards per attempt in the first half to 5.7 in the second. The ball, he's held the ball almost four seconds. A throw in the first half, 2.48 in the second. Finding the initial open person, finding your hots against the blitz, and letting them do the work. I mean, three sacks on 13 dropbacks in the first half. Pressured 62% of the time. Second half. They blitzed more in the second half than the first half, guys. 82% in the second half, 72% in the first half. Pressure rate in the first half, 62. Second half, 11.1. That's Lamar. He had a 140.3 rating against the blitz in the second half with no sacks. That's him going next level and keeping it simple, stupid. Number one. Number one is the Lamar that you can't coach. (laughs) It's turning the fourth and one. Into a, a damn sight house call, certainly putting the game on ice. It's what, him able to work that out with likely and figure out, no, that's going to be a, a lob pass on the back shoulder the next time. It's what he did, his individual brilliance in the open field, picking up extra yards. I mean, Todd Monkin, Greg Roman, whomever it is, I don't care. When your quarterback averages 9.1 per carry and goes over 100 yards in a playoff game, It's special. You don't see it in the league very often. And for him to run for two, throw for two, 100-plus quarterback rating, over 100 yards on 9-1 to carry. It's it's Lamar, Lamar superstar. That's pretty unstoppable.
3: Yeah, Lamar Jackson's one. He four touchdowns, two rushing, two passing. It's his first signature game in the postseason. I don't expect it to be his last, but we've heard for so long what Lamar couldn't do in the playoffs, what he couldn't do in yep. the postseason. Well, Saturday, we saw what he could do, and what he did was take over the game in the second half.
0: That's a big W for the ginger gorilla.
3: That naked boot on
2: fourth and one, I mean, that was low-key one of the plays of the game. Oh, because, it Because considering the circumstances, two twelve left in the third quarter, Ravens are at the Houston 49-yard line. It's still a touchdown game at yeah. this point. If the Ravens don't pick that up, Houston has a short field, and then
3: who knows what the heck happens. I mean, that was a massive play in this football game. Coming up next, we want to hear from the people. Give us a call on the WGK law guest and call or hotline. 410-583-1057. What'd you, what'd you think of Saturday? What do you think about the Chiefs coming up? We want to hear from you. 410-583-1057. We're taking your calls next here on the fan. Ravens win 34 to 10. Let's hear from the people. Four one zero five eight three one zero five seven. What do you think of the performance? What do you think of this matchup Sunday, 3 o'clock against the Chiefs? Remember, we'll be carrying Westwood 1's coverage of that game here on 1057. The fans, you can hear the game right here on the fan. Let's go out to Rashawn in Baltimore. Rashawn, you're on the fan.
1: Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. What's Thank up? Thank you. Mm, it- Seeing y'all, too, uh, Tim and uh, Ken, man, down at the pregame. Yeah, yeah, I
3: saw you as I was walking out. You were walking in. It was good to see you.
1: Yeah, man, as always. Um, I'm glad we pulled it off. I was a little nervous at halftime, man, when it was mm-hmm. 10-10. I was like, man, here we go. Hope they come out half you know, after halftime, guns blazing. But they did their thing. And um, moving forward, by looking at this matchup, I think we got a little bit of advantage. We got like a, you know, since we played on Saturday, we got like an extra day's mm-hmm. rest and everything. And, um... What do y'all feel about Humphreys, man? Like, is he going to be available for this week? Because I'm getting tired of this guy and his injuries and making all this money. And move, like, like next season, I don't know if we can dump his salary because we can use that money if he's right. not going to be produced on the field.
3: I would assume. I appreciate the call, Rashawn. I, I would assume, Jason, they're going to go to him and ask him to take a haircut. to Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. I, I would. I would think so. Brandon Stevens is going to need to get his bag here at some point in time and. Yeah, I think, like, having a, a, a real man-to-man talk, EDC and Marlon, about, hey, here's our vision for the second st- stage of your career, and here's where we think you, you know what I mean, you are uh, in terms of your speed, your twitch, your durability, and you know what? Maybe your longevity would get preserved in the slot. Now, there's part of me that says, man, it's real high traffic in there. Like, maybe not, but regardless, I, I, I think, it's been headed in that direction yeah. for a while, and that's probably where it needs to go.
2: Yeah, Unfortunately, the injury bug has really bit him over the past few years. I mean, 2021, what, he had that shoulder injury where he missed a handful of games, and then this year, it's so many starts and stops. And typically, that first game, he's come back both times. He struggled, but then after that, for the most part, he, he has he been better. good, but... I just don't know what you do with him in this spot this weekend with
3: how Darby and Stevens are playing. Let's go to Brad and Aldersburg. Brad, you're on the fan.
4: Hey, fellas. So here's my issue. So when we learned we were going to be playing the Texans, we start preparing for the Texans. And you know that they've got a pretty stout uh, run defense, but they're very suspect in their secondary. So the game plan then is to come out apparently – and try to run the ball on him in the first half and barely throw the ball at all, which would seem to be fairly counterintuitive. Certainly it wasn't very effective in the game. And my question is, Lamar's got supposedly all we've heard all year, he's got the keys to the offense. So you got Monken calling a garbage game plan in the first half. Whoa. It's just not working. And 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 Lamar, but Lamar sees that the middle of the field's wide open. We were at the game, the middle of the field was there all so why doesn't he turn the key? And check off at the line, get out of whatever crap Mon- uh, Monkman called, and start doing his thing. Why should he have to yell at anybody at halftime to get this thing going? I I'll mean-
3: t- Brad, I'll say this: we we were actually having discussions in the press box in the second quarter that nobody was open. Like i I'm, I'm, we're watching it, and we got a great view of what's going on there, and it, it was weird. and I, I do appreciate the call. Uh, it, yeah, like I don't know what was going on. I didn't like. They tried to throw the ball, and I thought Lamar held on to it a little too much, but but it, there wasn't a whole lot, there wasn't guys open in the
2: first half. That's where I'm with you, too. I, I just think you didn't have the quick game in the first half, and then they went immediately to that in their first uh, possession after halftime. I think he was holding the ball a little too long, and the Texans were able to get after him. I mean, they were in he the heck out of I don't think he didn't want
0: him. to take shots. um I'm, again, one ball traveled over 20 yards in the air the entire game. Mm. One attempt from under center. Like, there were things schematically that surprised me, but part of the reason none of that happened is because in the second half, all they had to do was run the ball. Yeah. And if all you have to do is run the ball and complete, you know, an RPO here and a quick hitter there and beat the blitz there, like, I I can't get up in arms about it. I think it's going to take more than that to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. So the Kansas City Chiefs are vulnerable on the ground. Yeah. But uh, and I, I think they're going night. to have to have, you know, more than three passes between 15 and 21 yards. That was it. 15, 19, 21. That's their three longest passing plays. Like, it's going to take more than that against the Chiefs. Um, and how they go about doing it remains to be seen. I still think getting under center a little more is the way to go. Let's go out to Brandon in Baltimore. Brandon, you're on the fan.
1: Good afternoon, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Thank I will save it more. Another day of how much I love your guys' show. Now, oh, I'm not not worried about the Chiefs coming in at all. Really? Uh, I, no, I would say about week seven or eight, when I looked at this team and I looked at our schedule and I looked at all of the teams that we had to either go on the road and beat or they came to Baltimore, we beat them, and they were the best teams in the league. And we took care of every last one of them. So um, in my opinion, I think that we are the best team in football, and I think that Um, if we come out, we play our game, we do not turn the ball over, I think we're going to win. And I don't think it's going to be close. Um, I look at the Chiefs, and obviously they're not the Chiefs of four or five years ago or whatever. And I just think they're right for the picking as far as their offense. And then I look at – and I listen to what Jason was saying, and I definitely agree, but Baltimore defensively is not Buffalo. So I don't think that the Chiefs are going to be able to come out there and go straight up and down the field all night long on us like we did, like, I'm sorry, like they did Buffalo. And um, if you, not saying you guys, but this is in general, if we look at this schedule and we look at what this team accomplished and against who they accomplished. They should be favorite. And I think Three points is disrespectful. I'll hang up and I'll listen to you guys off air. And uh, thank you for taking my
3: call. Appreciate. It. I think part of the spread is the respect the Chiefs get because this is their sixth straight AFC Championship game. And
0: Patrick Mahomes it, is thirteen yeah, and three yeah, in the playoffs. He's yeah. played a season against the best of yeah. the best. Yeah, I. I He's think thirteen and three.
3: I think that they, they earned the respect. That's why the spread is where the spread is. That yeah. said, I do think I was having a discussion with somebody last night. I thought that you to me. Some of the Chiefs' offense, you have to credit the fact that the Bills' defense is just... They not only weren't they great to start with, but they're banged up to hell. And they were, they were able to move the football against that team. I don't think it's going to be the same Sunday.
2: The, the key to this game for me is Pacheco. If the Ravens can bottle him up... And if Mahomes has to drop back 35, 40 times in this game, I really like their chances, considering the weapons or
0: lack thereof that the Chiefs have. I'm just going to say this. Since week 13, the Kansas City Chiefs run the ball up the middle 47.2% of the time. That's a concern. Far and away. Far and away. The most of any team, like far and away the most, half the time they run the ball, they run it up the gut. They're 11th in EPA, doing it since week 13. The Baltimore Ravens runs up the middle all year, no bueno, guys. No bueno. 4.7 to carry, 30th. 26th in EPA, defending runs up the middle. Like, you want to go to the left side, 4.6 a carry they give up. Right? You want to go to draws, 7.3. Like, we know pitch plays are a problem. They're dead last defending pitch plays. They pitch it out to Pacheco. They pitch it out to, to Edwards-Alaire. Like, that offensive line ain't so great. Pass-protecting? They can move people. Like, they can move people on the ground, and yet. Their interior O-line with uh, Creed Creed, uh, Creed Humphrey,
3: Creed Humphrey and, and Joe Tooney is very good. Tooney Tooney's may not play up. in this game. He's got a pec injury.
0: Uh, he's supposed to have an MRI today, but it sounds like it might be a challenge for him to play in this game. Look, they've changed their identity. They're in 13 personnel with big bodies almost 25% of the time in the playoffs. this is something they did 7% of the time in the regular season. When they do it, they average 5.5 per carry. Like, he's going to force the Ravens out of their—he's going to try to do what McVay did. Mm. He's going to come out, he's going to get heavy, he's going to try to force the Broderick Washingtons of the world onto the field, and then you've got the greatest quarterback, maybe who's ever done it, trying to throw at your heavy personnel. Like, they can throw out of the 13, they can run out of the 13— I think the 13 and Pacheco are going to be the key to this game. Let's grab Lee in Baltimore. Lee, you're on the fan.
5: Good afternoon, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Man, I have to say this, man. Todd Munkin. One more, one, one per- Todd Munkin is a genius. He calls the right plays at the right time. For instance, okay, so for the last three games we've played, I don't know if you guys noticed. But when we're in that red zone, he he calls some type of play. I think it's like a, a bootleg where a tight end or receiver runs to the left and Lamar throws across the field and they score a touchdown. So we had Likely scored off that touchdown. We had Patrick Ricard score off that touchdown. And then we just had uh, Aguilar score off that same play. Now, I don't know if you guys seen what I've seen, but that's that same play. I don't know where it's coming from, but i like to look at Todd Monk's playbook. He He got <laughs> some plays in that book, man. I'm telling you. He got some plays. He called him at the right time. And uh, I'm not worried about the Chiefs, man. I think uh, Lamar, Lamar, uh, he, he, he want to be the man. He's got to beat the man. And uh, I think the, the Ravens will prove that. Uh, I'll listen to the rest of the show, guys.
3: Enjoy. Appreciate it. Hey, yeah. coming up next here on the program, League at Large, and we'll, we'll look back at the rest of the divisional round. Bills and Chiefs, obviously, the uh, 49ers and the Packers and the Lions and the Buccaneers. League at Large next here on the fan.